Welcome to the media ministry of Crossroads Church Aspen. To learn more about Crossroads, visit our website at ccaspen.com. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Steve Woodrow. Thanks, team. It's wonderful to have a, more of a full team back with us here this morning. Hope you are well. Thanks for tuning in. And we, uh, we've got a lot going on, obviously. There's a lot going on in the sense of um, how to uh, start regathering. But we are set for, um, kind of have our eyes set on July 5th being our first Sunday back together. We have some exciting plans for that. We're still working with the city and details and all that. So we will keep you posted, but let's plan on that. Let me just encourage everyone, please continue your watch parties. You see some of the wonderful, our community groups meeting on Zoom and our watch parties happening on Sunday morning. Just to encourage you to invite um, friends over. Sunday morning, come over, bring a brunch, watch service online together, enjoy each other. Um, start gathering in smaller groups uh, would be awesome until through June. And uh, we have some other things hopefully um, scheduled for June as well. We want to, uh, we'll, again, we'll fill you in as those develop. It's in these uncertain times, it's, it's uh, hard to kind of plan ahead too much. But pray with us. And uh, obviously, we need to be praying for our whole nation, and we'll be doing that uh, here later in this service. So we'll keep you posted on that. July 5th, continue the watch parties. Um, community group leaders, man, launch. The church is open to come use space here. Uh, launch those. Dive in on those things would be great. Uh, let us know if we can help you with any of that coordination or if you need to know um, uh, if you're not getting the weekly email, let us know about that to let you know the different community group options, places to step in into smaller groups right now. Also want to just let you know about an amazing opportunity. It went out in the weekly email this week, but um, Rick and Colleen, who are part of our family, who serve in Kathmandu, they um, have an amazing opportunity working among Muslims there, as you know the ministry, but working among the Rohingya people um, there, there's a refugee camp, and if you know anything about the Rohingya, they're the most abused people, kicked out of Myanmar, um, and there's a refugee camp, and uh, just, they've been doing some amazing feeding. The government's let them actually get in, even during this time of, um, of sheltering in place, and, and to do some feeding. So if you'd like to just support, I know I want to just give a big thanks to all of you who've supported the Aspen Family Connections. Uh, our community is doing an amazing job out here through the school. Meg Dangler is heading that up. Uh, for uh, kind of our point here as such, along with Mady. Um, many of you have gone and served bringing food or helping serve. Um, that's on Wednesdays. Um, fantastic. Great local effort. Continue to, uh, to follow along with uh, Aspen Family Connections with our local feeding. But if you have a heart and want to, this pandemic is having a, a trickling down, right? Having a huge impact on the, the less fortunate um, around the world. So this is an amazing opportunity, church, to get behind some of our, uh, one of our partners, uh, our folks there in Nepal, and help them with that feeding. Let us know if you want more information on that. There's also, if you go, if you do give online, there's a specific category you can click for the Rohingya people people. Um, that would be awesome. Another exciting opportunity right after our second service, we'll go live again at 1030, uh, 12 o'clock, 1230-ish. We will go to Heron Park. We have an exciting baptism service today. And uh, man, I would just say this, if you would like to come join us, bring a picnic, that would be awesome. And uh, I know we've talked to several of you about baptism. If you just feel during this morning that God puts it on your heart, come and, and join us. We'll, uh, we'll dive in as such into uh, baptism. It'll be a great celebration going on there. Finally, 
Um, remember, the way to contact us um, and to stay in touch here is through our um, texting number, which is 970-717-0087. 970-717-0087. It's also at the bottom of the YouTube the, uh, when you're watching here online. Um, let us know your prayer requests, let us know testimonies, any comments, questions you have um, this morning as we dive in to start our brand new series, the People Series, um, that would be great. And yeah, come on, you got something here for us to read? Wonderful testimony. So this is just in from that link. Last week, if you were with us, you know we got word um, about Norm's bachelor doors uh, had a heart attack. And, uh, boy, I mean, a lot of folks went to praying. And this is, this is just in this morning. And just want to lift up an awesome testimony. Here's the update on Norm Bachelor. Praise God for his mercy and healing. We are back home, and Norm is apparently mostly healed. We are also thankful for your prayers. We were carried in an amazing supernatural peace and joy throughout this whole experience. God is good all the time. And wow, man, how about that testimony? That is awesome. Wonderful to hear um, that testimony. So please, uh, please keep them coming. And uh, again, uh, if you have prayer requests, let us know. And we don't stop praying uh, if there's um, not the answer necessarily we want. We keep pressing in, trusting the Lord um, in these times um, of great uncertainty. I'm excited this morning. We are going to launch our new series called the People Series. We might do this every year. This is your series as such. And so we have uh, been getting questions from you from all over. Actually, we have some of these questions from around the world, um, which is great from people who've been a part of the church here, but are um, have moved for one reason or another, but please keep them coming in. This might even spark as we go in this series questions, and we might not get to all of them, but we'll do our best or we'll answer them um, offline uh, as well. But man, some great, great questions. Um, thank you so much. Many of you have sent questions in something related to end times, Jesus' return, prophecy, these kind of things. Since there were so many of those, I'm going to bring those together. We'll probably do a series after the people series um, about last things, the end times and things, and, and why that's important for us around this idea of building hope. So uh, keep those coming. Coming right as well. This morning, though, to launch things, the first set of questions, uh, here they are. Um, the first one was, how does fear fight against faith and fruit, um, the development of spiritual fruit, uh, a godly life? And then how to live in the world but not be of the world? Great, great questions. Thank you um, for those of you who sent those in. I'm going to combine those two questions because they kind of answer each other. We're going to dive into them this morning. I'm bringing Derek and Brian up here also to flesh this out with me this morning. Just want to kind of launch it uh, with a few thoughts uh, before we do that uh, here this morning. Um, but great, great questions. Um, <clears throat> here's what's important. Today is actually Pentecost Sunday. Um, this is uh, amazing. If you know anything, I want to just give a little bit of background of what Pentecost Sunday is. And actually answering these two questions, Pentecost answers these two questions in a beautiful, powerful way. And so uh, what is Pentecost Sunday? And actually it is today. Pentecost is the fourth of the seven festivals, feasts that God gave Israel back in the beginning. You can find them in, in uh, the book of Leviticus and they're all throughout scripture. These were the seven times a year that the Jewish people, the Israelites were called to come together to worship God around his annual calendar, around specific purpose. The first of those feasts is Passover, which we just had not long ago. The second one is Feast of 
of, uh, of bread. And uh, the third is the Feast of First Fruits. And then the fourth is, um, is uh, Pentecost, the Feast of Weeks, they call it. And what's amazing here, I don't have time to, to break all this down for us, but I would just tell you, uh, it is amazing how Jesus has in, completely fulfilled in a unique way these four feasts. Passover, as you know, is where we get communion from. Jesus had Passover. He was the, what? He was the sacrificial lamb. Um, he went to the cross. He died for our sins. The next feast is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. It was Jesus who carried our yeast, which is in the scripture, seen as sin. He's the one who covered our sin. The third feast, the Feast of First Fruits, Sunday morning, first thing in the morning, on the day of that feast beginning, is Jesus rose from the dead. He defeated the power of death. He's the first fruits from the dead, the hope, the sure hope, right, of life after death. And then 40 days later is Pentecost, right? It's 50 days, actually, from, Pente from uh, Passover. That's where we get to where Pentecost from. And uh, this was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, this is what we see in Acts chapter 2, which we're going to look at this morning. And of course, Jesus said, wait here to the early church. Wait until the promise of the Father comes upon you. And it happened on Pentecost exactly this day, the coming, the fulfilling, the empowerment, right, of the Holy Spirit. We'll talk a little bit about that here this morning. The last three feasts... Um, uh, that God gave the people, um, the Feast of Trumpets, right, the um, Yom Kippur, the Feast of uh, Tom, Day of Atonement, and finally Sukkot, the Feast of Booths, those were all in the fall. Those are yet to be fulfilled. And that's a whole other story. In the next series, if we get into end times, we'll dive into all those. But folks, there is nothing like the fulfillment, Jesus, the miraculous fulfillment that Jesus, there's no way mathematically, scientifically, that all of this fulfillment could happen um, it, it, is, it, it is truly amazing. And so I want to build off um, the answering these two questions this morning, this idea of Pentecost, and build around looking at uh, what happened to, to the church. The church, this is the beginning of the church, was Pentecost. And the Spirit was, came upon the church and formed the church, the ecclesia, the gathering of God's people. Um, every tongue, tribe, and nation around the world, God was building a family. And this was what, was what fulfilled multiple scriptures in the Old Testament where God said, look, I'm going to bring a sacrificial lamb. I'm going to come and fulfill all of this law for you. I'm going to put my spirit inside your soul. I'm going to put my law. I'm going to allow my presence actually to reside inside you. Um, so Pentecost fulfilled so many things uh, for us. Uh, it is really one of the most important events in the life of the church because it's the birth of the church, but we are to never leave it. We're to never take that for granted. We're to live in that reality um, that God has sent forth his spirit and we're to continue to be pursuing and living and keeping in step with the Holy Spirit. The Christian life is a life to be led, empowered, filled, right, by the Spirit of God in fellowship with the Spirit. It is the Spirit who draws us into fellowship with the Son and with the Father uh, in this glorious union and communion um, with God himself. So, um, let me just uh, dive in here a little bit, just historically, in answering these, these two questions. Uh, I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to just kind of answer a larger question um, about how to answer these two questions this morning, and then I'm going to bring up Brian and Derek up here to talk about the how, okay? So I'm going to just do some teaching. And then we're going to end with some testimony. Just uh, We're going to just share what this looks like a little bit in our life. Hopefully hear from you. Just be sending in any questions, thoughts you have. Uh, and, and then we'll talk a little end with kind of a how. How do we, you're not just answering these questions, but, but how do we allow 
um, fear not to, to take over faith in our lives? How do we keep pressing forward and developing the fruit of the Spirit in our lives? How do we live in the world, right, but not be of the world? So that's, that's where we'll head. So, um, folks, I don't have to say, and I'm not going to take much time to go over all the stats of what's happening in our country. I, I think that we all are well aware we are, are a country without a center. We are a country without a unity. We are unable uh, as a people to even have healthy discussion, uh, to understand each other anymore. Our cities are burning. Uh, I, mean, I could go down the list, right, of mental health issues, go on, uh, and just all of these things um, on top of that, just coming out of this pandemic and uh, just the uncertainty. There's a lot going on, needless to say. But what we want to focus on is the solution. We want to focus this morning on the hope and, and the, the clarity of what God has for his people. Um, and coming out of this pandemic, as we look at everything going on, you know, we've been talking, we came out of the desert series. I hope you had a chance to look at that. And I would encourage you to go back. It's online there, all three parts of that. Um, which I hope you have time to look at that. But coming out, the question we were looking at was, what does God have for us coming out of this, this pandemic? Are we learning what God um, wants us to learn? Uh, and the two things I want us to look at, it's Pentecost Sunday, and uh, I, I think there's two primary things that we need renewal, we need revival on uh, right now as a, as a church, as a nation, desperately. We could even say as the world. But two things, and there's many things that fall up in, into these two things, but I just want to highlight, it's, it's, again, Pentecost Sunday. These two things are we desperately need, folks, a renewal of God's love today. We need a renewal of the gospel and in what love is. We need a renewal among us, among each other, of modeling that love, the love of God. We need a renewal of what the gospel actually is and what it is to manifest in our life and how the church and believers, we are to be the salt and light. We cannot be that to a watching world. If we get caught up in the discussions and in the rhetoric and the political arguments and everything else, we cannot be that love, we cannot be that voice of, of uh, love and healing in a world if we're caught up in the sound bites that the media is controlling uh, and, and impacting our nation more than we'd ever realized. We have to shift radically in, uh, our time, our focus back to the gospel, back to the heart of God's love for us and for this world that we might be truly the people of God in this time. Um, Matthew 24 uh, tells us that as lawlessness increases, just think about what's in the headlines of the news. This is Matthew 24. I believe it's verse 12. As lawlessness increases, people's love will grow cold. Okay? That's Matthew 24. This is what Jesus is saying about the end times. As lawlessness grows, this is what's happening in our country. People's love will grow cold. That is also happening rapidly in our country, in our nation, even in our churches. And folks, we need a renewal, a desperate renewal of the gospel of God's great love for us, first to change us, that we might enter in and live in the midst of these uncertain times with the love of God. And have that be what determines my emotional state, my hope. Right, my, my light, my salt that I bring into conversation. We need to change the conversation. 
And I'm going to just be very bold. I'm going to just start out. I'm going to give us a practical thing. Uh, I've never been this bold on this issue, but I- I'm going to say it like it is, okay? Turn off the media. I'm telling you right now, if, if churches went about this in our communities, we just went on a full-on media fast. Turn it off, every bit of it, whether it's Fox, whether it's CNN, whether it's M- every other news agency, turn it off. We need to retool, and we need to put, we need to have a renewal, right, of honest journalism and discussion. It's not going to happen if we give our minds to what is being pumped out there is that we need to go radical after this, a spiritual discipline of setting our minds on the gospel. We need more time and focus on what God has said. What I can promise you, because I've done it, we've chopped cable, it's gone, okay? It is history. You will know what you need to know. You will find out what you need to know. And when we enter into conversation, we have to be the conversational changers. Oh, it's fine to talk about what's going on, but man, let's make sure we are bringing hope into that conversation, that we're the ones who actually change that conversation Conversation, tool that conversation around to the gospel, around to what is most important that we should be talking about during this time. I hope that makes sense. I hope that doesn't seem too radical. I'm telling you right now, you will not miss out. You will actually open a door for your soul, your heart, your home, right, to have the love of God, what is really important, a renewal of the gospel and the things that we should be setting on our mind more than anything else, okay? So I just give that as a challenge, not only to us, but the church in our nation as a whole. Yeah, I think it's not until we chop that thing off that we're going to actually somehow have a revival in our country of healthy dialogue, right? Because the media right now, what's happening across those social media lines and everything, it is setting the agenda and it is destructive, it's fear-based, and it is not factual on either side. It's a mess. And so I say we got to just chop it off. Right, and we need to allow time for God's right word to come in and right and heal our nation. And we need time to pray. We need time to intercede for our nation rather than getting caught up in dialogue in these uncertain times. So, going to throw that out as a very practical thing, a call to do. Um, I just, I tr- trust me. Uh, I've done it. We've done it is you will not miss out. I promise you, you will only open an avenue of blessing in your life and in your home, okay? It will not just be there quickly to go to, all right? And I'd say they do the same thing if it's on your apps and everything else. So with that said, folks, we need two things. We need the renewal of God's love desperately, revival of God's love. And and, and God's love, folks, can never be removed from God's power. This is Pentecost, the pouring out of the Spirit of God. The renewal of God's love and the renewal of God's power, these things go together desperately as his people, as a church. We need this more than ever in this time. A renewal back to the basics of what the gospel foundation in the church is, the love of God. It's not just to be talked about. It's to be experienced and then modeled. And that can't be removed from the outpouring of the power of God, the spirit of God in our lives. And so we need more love and we need more power. We need God, right, to desperately do that for us today. I think that is what we need to be praying for um, today in, in, in many ways. So I want to uh, lead us here this morning to um, when talking about God's love. I'm just going to say a few things. And then, as I said, I'm going to bring Brian and Derek up here to... Uh, kind of talk through this a little bit and, and again talk about some practical things maybe share some testimony um, about what this looks like in our lives but folks I want to go first before we get in the book of Acts I want to uh, take you to 2 Timothy 1 uh, um, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1 verses 4 through 7 uh, this is Paul to Timothy listen to these words I want to break this uh, verse 7 down for us 
Look at the intimacy of these words. He, Paul to Timothy, his, his disciple, he says, as I remember your tears, Timothy, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. Uh, folks, I, 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 this is pretty applicable today, isn't it? In that we've been sheltered away from each other. Um, do we have this kind of affection among God's people? In the house of God, we should be feeling this right now. We, we should long to be with each other. We should long to, to realize there's joy in the gathering of God's people together, right? It is, it is a command of God that we should not forsake gathering together, right? For specific times like we've had to maybe, but not for long. And um, this is what Paul is speaking about. So what? That he may be filled with joy, right? Healthy Christian family fellowship is to birth joy. It says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. Look at the beautiful spiritual heritage Timothy had. And it passed down this, this sincere faith, not a faith that washes here and there, but one that stays rooted in the word of God. And he says, I am sure it dwells um, in you as well. For this reason, I remind you, Timothy, to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. And if you go back to 1 Timothy chapter 4, we see also there was multiple times it says that the elders prophesied over Timothy, laid their hands on Timothy, and spiritual gifts came upon Timothy, right, to enable him to be the minister he needed to be, right? Um, and so you see this, this, uh, exchange, impartation of, of power that needs to happen among uh, God's people in, in the church. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you from the laying on of my hands. But here's verse 7. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power, love, and of self-control. For God gave us a spirit, and folks, let me just take this to us, right? In these uncertain times, we need to hold on to this promise and flesh this out. And this is what we're going to do this morning. He gave us a spirit of love, right? Of power and of self-control. Now, the word here in the Greek, when it says, uh, when Paul admonishes Timothy, because Timothy was uncertain. Timothy was in a time of being timid. He was stepping back. He was not moving forward boldly. He needed the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in his life. He needed to fan into flame that gift. He had received it, but it wasn't fanning into flame. And, uh, uh, and so Paul was, was encouraging with these powerful words and, he, and, and just remind Timothy, look, God, when he poured out, beginning at Pentecost and on through into now, is that... This spirit that was poured out, it wasn't a spirit of fear. That word in the Greek means um, it wasn't a, a spirit of lacking courage, right? And folks, we need courage. And that comes, healthy courage, right, comes to us through the power of the spirit of God. Uh, and he says, but he's, we've been given a spirit of power and of love and self-control. We're going to break down that power part and love part now. But the self-control, this is not the same self-control as we see in the fruit of the Spirit. The ninth fruit of the Spirit was self-control. Um, that that is, as the Spirit moves in us, is that we learn, right, to, to obey God and, and is self-discipline. And that by the power of the Spirit of God comes God helps us in that. This word for self-control in the Greek actually means more a sound mind. It means making wise decisions, a sound mind. As there's the, the Spirit is poured out in our lives, right, to give us what sound emotions, sound mind, stability in times of uncertainty. That's what the Spirit of God is given to us for. 
And it begins with the love of God. The power of God is poured out through his Holy Spirit. And that is to this spirit he gives us is one that we would have a sound mind, a stable force in times of uncertainty as we deal, right, with all the uncertainty, the emotional uncertainty and everything else that's going on around us. So let's just break that down. Um, a little bit, just a couple things on the idea of the, uh, the, the spirit that God gives us is a spirit of, of love. So before Pentecost, just a little history here is God, Jesus, when he came, as, in other words, John three sixteen, we could go over uh, what? Many, many, many verses on the love of God. But for God so loved the world that he, what? He sent forth his only begotten son, Jesus, right? That uh, whoever believed in him would not perish, but have eternal life. And Jesus came to show the love of the Father, to manifest that love, to show how much God loves us. That is the gospel. That's the good news of God's grace coming to us. He loves us so much. Jesus came, and through his death, his burial, and his resurrection, right, that he has not only taken care of the power of sin over us, but the power of death. And to show us he's amazing, merciful, and gracious, the love of God. Uh, because God is love. Love is not something that naturally we can do. We are fallen. This is something we have to lay hold of. Love, to love like God needs us to love, to receive the love of God is something that is spirit-given. Our ability to love on our own is very weak, very temporal, very emotionally led, unstable. We need the spirit of God, right, to stoke the kind of love that God requires us, right, to live by. And so what happens is we see that Jesus is showing this love. He's building his, his, the first pieces of the church with the disciples and the larger group. And we see moving into the book of Acts, it's about 120 who are gathered in the upper room. And, and so what's happened is this group of people, they are unified. They've experienced the, and seen what Jesus has done through his death, through his burial, through his resurrection. They have seen the resurrected Jesus. They have received the gospel. They are believers. They are all together. And this is what's important. It says in one accord in the book of Acts, they were in unity. They were manifesting and loving each other. And they obeyed the command of Jesus says, do not leave Jerusalem until you've been empowered, right? You've received the love of God. That love is what's formed you into this unity as a family uh, of God's people. Now wait here until you're empowered. So all this language we hear today, oh, just love people, just love people. That is a misnomer. You can't just love people unless you have the power of God. You cannot separate these. And we also have the problem today where you've got people who are just going for the power of God. And they miss the love of God, and that can be abusive. You've got to have both of these together. And we see that it's unity of God's people and the love of God. That is the, the climate, shall we say, for the spirit to, of God to move, for the manifest presence of God to be among his people. He's serious when he says he's given us a new commandment to love one another as he loved one another. And that cannot naturally be done. That is only come when we allow the spirit of God, right, to move in us and love through us. And so we see the people waiting in the upper room. They are there and entrusting, uh, right, God to, to move uh, in, in them and, and, and take him at, at, uh, at his word. Now, here's what's important. The connection between the love of God and the power of God is he said, wait. They didn't know how long they were going. They didn't know that the spirit of God was going to come 10 days after his ascension. So these people were in prayer. They were in, in loving unity, waiting on God, pursuing the power of God, pursuing the presence of God, waiting and expecting that they were going to be filled with his presence. And they did that before. He said, don't go out. Don't do any mission. 
Don't, don't go out and try to live life just by the love of God. This is very important. Don't just go out there and just love people because if you do that, you know what's going to happen? Over time, you're going to only, your love is going to look no different than the world's love. It is only going to be words and actions. There's going to be no power in it. It must be together. So it's not just love. It's wait. And what did they, they didn't do anything. They waited for the experience of the filling of the Holy Spirit to empower them that the love of God and the power of God, what did it do? It exploded. We see the whole book of Acts. We see the, the, the manifest presence of God. And we see what? The first day, 3,000 people came to the Lord. We see that the signs, wonders, and miracles working among God's people, right? We see an awe among God's people. We see bold joy break out, right, among God's people. And in chapter 4, we see them longing for it again. Lord, please, more. Fill us again, right? Shake the rafters in this place. Lord, we need boldness. We need more of you with us. What's happened in the American church is we've gone out and we have allowed ourselves to just our love of the world to look very little different than the world's love. We have allowed our love to just manifest in helping hands. Very important. Don't get me wrong, right? But when that happens without the power of God, you know what? Uh, ultimately, there's no great change. There is no great uh, ex difference between the love of God and the love of the world. And that's very confusing for people, right? So we need both this renewal today of the love of God, what it really is. It's not just something I talk about. It must be experienced deep within my soul and to rock my identity. This is the foundation of what we have to begin and walk is, is love. And, and, and this takes us into um, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. Jesus, or, uh, Paul is talking about the spiritual gifts, that these manifest gifts of the God to the church to be able to love people well like Jesus did. And, and Paul makes it very clear. He puts chapter 13, the love chapter, right in between these two chapters to show us. And he ends. He comes to uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 1. And it's beautiful. What does he say? He ends by saying, pursue love, but also and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. There it is. Those two together is the healthy process that we need renewal on both of these. Pursue love. Make sure, church, as we see um, in the end of the Bible, when Jesus uh, commend or talk to the church in Ephesus, you've lost your first love. Is when you make sure that our foundation is the love of God, the gospel itself, the grace of God. But we don't stop there. We must move and add to that a pursuit of the power of God, right? To couple that love so that we can minister like God would want us to, so that we can be people of his presence. That we are actually, as Moses said, Lord, we're not going without you. We're not going without your presence. But you know what we've done in our Western mentality? We've gone without God. We've gone and done mission and tried to do things without that waiting, without that process of genuinely realizing I need to be empowered by the Spirit of God. I need to be communion with the Spirit of God before I'm going to really be truly effective out there in what God has called me to do. Or I'll get dis disillusioned with just a lot of spiritual work with very little spiritual fruit, right, that comes from that. And so we need both of these things working together. Let me just read for us. And guys, you're going to come on up because I want to answer the how question here. But um, look at this, Acts chapter 1, uh, verses 4 through 5. Oh, I got these on the screen as well. Mm -hmm. There we go. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 5. Remember, this is Pentecost Sunday. So just to give us a little grounding in the scripture when it comes to Pentecost. Acts 1, verses 4 through 5. And while staying with them, he ordered them, Jesus, not to depart from Jerusalem but to wait for the promise of the Father. The promise of the Father was the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
empowerment of the Holy Spirit, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And earlier in the gospel, we said not just baptized with water, but with fire. And we see that this is what happens. That's the power, peace, the, the real expression and experience of, of, that, of that anointing. Going on in verses 6 through 8 of, uh, of Acts chapter 1. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. Folks, listen loud and clear. Don't get caught up. Don't get sidetracked by these things of, of end times. Oh, is this it? Is that it? Is God, is only the Father knows. What does Jesus say? Because the early disciples asked the same question we asked. Lord, is it at this time you're going to bring about the, the end in your kingdom? And what does Jesus say? He makes it real clear to them. He says, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons. But he says this, but you will be receive power. Do not miss the word receive. You will receive power. It's not some vague, when we're saved, you know, we don't, it's only by the Holy Spirit that we're saved. And uh, the Spirit comes in and, and seals us in everything. But that's an experience that we don't necessarily uh, experience or even know about something of what the Spirit's mysterious of what God does there is this is talking about something we receive, right? There must be a reception. And as we know, this, this filling is to go on and on and on. We're to live and be filled by the Spirit of God. We're to learn to not live by the flesh, but to live by the Spirit. So you must receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, into Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. There's the mission, right? And God's expectation, right, for us. And then finally, we come to Pentecost itself. Uh, and again, remember, the body was in unity. They were loving each other. They were waiting on the presence of God. And folks, this, I'm afraid, I just, it convicts me, right? How much of the church in America today is defined by these things? Unity of the body, loving each other deeply, and waiting on the manifest presence of God. Before we just go do are we modeling what we see in Scripture that, Lord, let's wait. We need you to go with us. We need you to empower us. We need you to be on us. We need your anointing, God, before we just step out and do something, right? We as Westerners, we're more about, you know, plans, strategy. Here it is than we are about really knowing, are we experiencing um, the Spirit of God. And folks, well, there's all kinds of arguments. We got people on one side that say, man, when, you, when you're saved, you got all that you need, right? Which is silly language because it's just contradictory. We don't have all we, we never have all we need to be a minister of him. This is the point of spiritual maturity. We always, every day should wake up. We need more of his Spirit to live in our life, more of his Spirit to empower us that we might walk, right, as he leads us um, to walk and be like him, Right? And of course, we have the other side, right? Way over there in the extremes, right? That it's all about the power and we miss the love. We've got to have, right, those together, right, in the scripture. And so just to, uh, let me wrap this up and read this for us. This is Pentecost and they were in worship. It was the 10th day. It was the day of Pentecost itself. And they were in unity and in love, praying, interceding, waiting on God. And, uh, and the spirit came and came like a, a fire, like a rushing wind. It was, it was the presence of God amongst, among God's people. This is what we should long for. This is what we should wait for. This wasn't just a one time in history thing in the sense of, yes, there's only one Pentecost in the beginning. But this begins a process of the church having fellowship with the spirit of God and, and longing to be filled and experience and rejoice in the fellowship right of God together. 
And so when all this broke out, it, it, it obviously a big commotion took place in Jerusalem. And Peter, verse 14, but Peter standing with the 11, he lifted his voice, addressing the men of Judah and all who dwell in Jerusalem. Let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk as you suppose, right? Because it was wild. There was great celebration going on in the presence of God. Um, since it's only the third hour of the day, nine in the morning. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. So Peter's standing and he's giving, he, look, this is, this is what's happening. This is the fulfillment of what God has already promised in the Old Testament hundreds of years right before. And this is what Joel says, in the last days it shall be, God declares, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons, your daughters shall prophesy. In other words, they will enjoy the presence of God and give glory, right, to God. Um, your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I'll pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above, signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor and smoke. And the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to, to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. Wow. And Jesus, this, this is how the church began. We're living in this reality. But folks, what a tragedy to miss, right? To miss not only the love of God, the powerful love of God among us as a church that needs to overflow to our church, but the power of God. And we need a renewal. We need a refreshment of both of these. So with that being said, let's dive into just some practical. Let's answer this question this morning. Uh, guys, if we can, how does the renewal, right, of the love and the power of God fight off fear and help us live in the world and not be of the world, right? How does this renewal, right, that we desperately need, how does the love of God, right, and the power of God fight off fear? Because obviously fear, there's a lot of fear out there today. You see it. It's manifesting all over the place. The media is pumping it. Man, how does, when God's love starts growing among God's people and overflowing, and the power of God. How does that fight off fear? And how does that help us learn to live in this world but not be of the world? So that's the question we want to ask um, of the how. Um, I don't know if you guys want to dive in. Any thoughts? Um, initially, uh, Brian, we got anything before we... Yeah, you got uh, an amen with five exclamation points at some point during your message. <laughs> They're hearing you loud and clear. This is good. Thumbs up. Any thumbs yep. down that we hear? No, not yet. <laughs> okay. uh, and then one other thought. It just said um, to, to be in the world but not of it. Geographic location has very little to do with defining who we are or where we are, mm -hmm. which is cool. Cool thought. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. God loves the whole world, right? So Absolutely. That's awesome. Keep it coming, gang. Just any questions you have or input or things we can pray for, we'd love to pray. Uh, and we're going to pray primarily as we close this time up for our nation. We desperately, I saw a thing that came out this morning from, um, uh, from uh, um, what's, uh, Billy Graham's son. Um, thank you, Franklin. <laughs> and uh, just calling the nation to pray. We need to pray for our nation that is in chaos. And, and uh, so we, we need to do that. We need the love of God, right? We need the power of God and God's church to stand up and be that beacon of light. So that's where we want to go, but keep it coming. Guys, any thoughts before we um, dive in? I, I, I got a couple sure. things and yep. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll chime in on that just a little bit with regard to love. I mean, you know, I was thinking about this as we talked about this earlier in the week and, and just in hearing your message today, it's perfect love, you know, first John says that perfect love casts out all fear. Mm -hmm. And, um, and for me, 
when I first became a Christian, um, that's in 1990, my zeal, my zeal kind of did away with love. Mm. And, uh, mm. and uh, I, like to, I like to say today that I nearly lost my last name because <laughs> I came after my family yeah, uh, yeah. so hard. Yeah. Um, uh, and then, and then realized later that I wasn't loving them. Mm. And, you know, and the word says, you know, speak the truth in, in love. And, mm, that's strong, and so for me, you know, it's just been, it's been a journey and I can I think it vacillates back and forth between those things yeah. because I think any one of us can become this sort of pharisaical, mm-hmm. you know, do's and don'ts, or then this other sort of, yeah. you know, just loving Man. those around us. Um, that's good, bro. And so there's a bit yeah. of an education, I think, yeah. a maturity that has to happen in that. It sure yeah. did in me. <laughs> Man, I, I can relate. I know for, for my life, uh, the same thing is that when I'm not loving, um, I'm consumed with my agenda and using people, right? When I'm not loving, when the gospel is not the center, when I'm not my identity and the gospel is not the foundation of the everything you know, that, that I'm doing when that's not that, that, that's not my root. That's not my firm. So what happens is I get caught up in my agenda, my task, what I want to see done, what I think needs to be done. It's flesh is what it is. And, and that's where we can be, you know, we, we can lose. We can, uh, you know, even our own family, we think we're doing the zealous thing, but we're actually not loving them and we're actually using them or even abusing them maybe. And uh, so, boy, the Lord just showed me, man, uh, it's that, it's that coming back to, boy, Lord, am, am I overwhelmed myself by how much love and grace God has shown and showered on me, right, before I, I you know, move towards, right, uh, others, right, with the message or in, in serving them is, man, the subtle aspect of loving people or using people. And the, let me just say this. The world's way of love uses people, okay? The world's way of love, that's going to be our tendency. If the gospel's not forming me, Right, and, and we might have all the, the best things in the world, but it's out of a sense of I need that love. I need, I need to. I'm going to do this to you, right? Because I need something back. I need to feel good about myself, or whatever it may be. The world's way of love always uses people, because the world's way of love is by the flesh, and we subtly, all of us, right, are, are you oh, know, uh, uh, susceptible let me, right, to that. Let me add one thing to that. I mean, I mean, just with marrying couples. Yeah, today, right. today, right. I, I always right. tell young couples this who are getting married, whatever, whatever age they are, that, that you know, you're going to stand at that altar and you're going to promise to do something that you can't do. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. We, you know, we're, you, you're, you're going to promise, and we all right. did it, right. that we're going to promise something that only God can do. That's it. And, and, and it takes some of us some time to get our minds around that. It's like, no, I can do that. I will do that. No, you won't all the time. Right. And that's why I want to read this. I'll read this for us from John, 1 John, um, which talks about, you know, loving others. And, uh, and he says, actually, in two different places here, he says, uh, if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Yeah. But then just down below, he says, if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, mm. God lives in us, mm. and He in God, and those those two are, are not mutually exclusive; yeah. those are combined, and He combines them as well. Uh, and so we know and rely on the on the love God has for us mm. as we move toward our spouse in love, as we yeah. move toward anyone yeah. in love. Boy, that. That has to be, and we can feel that in us. I think some sometimes we know that it's yeah. actually God working in us, 
because I'm not just struggling because mm-hmm. we're all unlovable and mm-hmm. in, in ways. And we yeah. use that phrase sometimes it's hard to love to love to some, it's yeah. hard to love someone that's unlovable. And that is also turned on us, <laughs> right. you know? And so we want that, that love of God to, to, to propel that forward. Yeah. That's great. You think yeah. of that? Brett? Yeah, man. Um, well, I feel like you answered it all already. That was awesome. Just like yeah. want to inject all that truth. You yeah. just, you just, yeah. you just unloaded on us, unleashed on us. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, in thinking about this, I was writing, wrote a few notes and just, you know, one of them was just love, love alone does not transform, mm-hmm. you right. know? Um, and an example of that is, you know, God loved me before I was ever in my mother's womb, right. you know, but I wasn't transformed until the spirit of God right. came and transformed me, right. you know? Right. And so I think, I think that's an important, as you touched on that, but I think it's really important for us to, to understand that. But mm-hmm. So let, also, me, let me stop you right there if yeah. I can, because that's an important point. I think when we talk about, you know, how, how, it, how this, this renewal of God's love and power actually fights off fear, right? In the, in the sense of the world's, our temptation, right? If I'm not gospel-centered, if the love of God is not, like, growing in me, then I'm going to be more conformed to the world's way of love, right? Yeah. And that love doesn't transform. That love, right, looks like, and that doesn't transform a heart. I can go, you know, the love, the world's way of love, like Derek was saying, is I stand at the altar. There's not the third, there's not the covenant with God. There's just a promise. Hey, I will love you as long as all I have is my feelings to go on there. And when feelings, when it's just feelings based, is fear, is it's gripped by fear because we have no hope. We have nothing other than ourselves to accomplish our, our vow, our, our ability to truly love someone, right, in, in the world, so... Yeah, and in the you know obviously the truth that God is love. I mean, you yeah. touched on it earlier. Yeah. He's also a spirit. Yeah. God is spirit. Right. You know, and so sometimes we want to cast one or the other aside. Absolutely. And like you said, there's when, when we're walking in that, there's it's really hard for us to grow, and and it's actually, it's in a sense, it's us letting down our guard, and we become like you said, we look more like the world. Yeah. Because we're missing one one of those key aspects, mm-hmm. and they both go hand in hand. And um, and I was just going, I wanted to share a testimony just about. Yeah. Um, experiencing God's love because I think that that really is what awakens us to the power of God and walking in, yeah. in the power of God. And a lot of times we haven't experienced God's love to begin with and we try to walk in that power. Yeah. And then that's that's a corruptive thing as well. Yeah. And, um, you know, as Derek yeah. was pointing out, you know, sometimes we can we can mm-hmm. be a little too zealous or whatever. But, um, you know, for, for me, I just want to give an example of um, prophecy, you know. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a a hot word for a lot of people, but I just want to unpack it a little bit because and give a testimony of my experience with that for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll just share, Beck and I were at a, at a conference somewhere and, and, um, I was, I, I got to the point where I couldn't, I couldn't hardly walk. I was running a lot. If you can imagine that looking at me yeah. here, um, I was running a lot at the time, but my, my foot got so inflamed that I couldn't walk. Mm. And we went into this, this, they had this healing conference, you yeah, know, right. and I know that turns a lot of people off maybe, but yeah. I just said, look, I just wanted to be healed. You know, I wanted to, yeah. I wanted to experience the Lord. And I walked in there and I was going after healing uh, for my foot and, um, they were laying hands on me and praying for me and nothing was happening. Right. And there was nothing happening. And, um, you know, a few weeks before that I had injured my elbow and, it was so inflamed, I couldn't even touch it on anything. Mm-hmm. And I've shared this testimony here yeah, before, but I want to 
I wanted, I never shared this aspect of it. And it was so inflamed, I couldn't, I couldn't touch it. And um, went to the doctors. They said that, yeah, you've got a chipped bone in your, mm-hmm. in your mm-hmm. elbow area, and it's causing inflammation. And, and unless I surgically remove that piece of bone, you're going to continue, continue, continue to have inflammation and pain, right. right? But my foot was hurting so bad, I'd forgotten about my elbow when I went in there. I, was just, I, I wanted to be able to walk, right? Yeah. Um, so I go in there, and, and they were praying. Like I said, nothing was happening. And... All of a sudden, these guys start giving up, standing up and giving words of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And one of, the, one of the guys said, there's a guy in here with a chipped bone in his right elbow. Mm, yeah, that I is, that. I mean, who, yeah. who does that, right? right I mean, right. first of all, right. and instantly, I felt the love of God come over me. Mm. And I started, oh my gosh, that's me. Mm-hmm. I started mm-hmm. going like this. And it was my elbow was instantly healed. Mm-hmm. There was no pain. So drill nothing. in. I think this is yeah. real important. Talk to me. Talk to us. What, what was that experience about experiencing the love, uh, the love of God in that in that moment? Yeah, it, it was so profound for me because I said, you know, I felt, and I can't even put God's love mm-hmm. in words. It was yeah. so profound for me. I felt something mm-hmm. tangible mm-hmm. that was like, here's a, a father mm-hmm. that loves me so much that he he chose, yeah. even though I went in for something else, yeah. you know. He chose yeah. to, to show me his love and reveal yeah. that to me in a, yeah. in a healing through a word of knowledge, through right. a gift. Right. And I, on that day, it awakened in me, it stirred in me this yeah. a great desire and love for yeah. other people to want to experience that same love that yeah. I did yeah. through a gift. Yeah. And I started yeah. pursuing that gift. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, God, he starts pouring that gift out to me, mm-hmm. right? And so every time I operate in that gift, it's, mm-hmm. it's because of this great, deep mm-hmm. love mm-hmm. that I want others to experience from the Father, right. you know? And right. the, so the motivation behind right. me operating in that gift mm-hmm. is, is out of mm-hmm. foundationally rooted in love yeah. from the Father. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I want, I want others to experience that, right. you know? Mm-hmm. And it's profound. Like I said, you, I, I can't even put it in words other right. than that testimony of, mm-hmm. and that just drove me with this great passion and desire mm-hmm. of love for others to experience him in that tangible way, yeah, you know? Awesome. And so, man, mm-hmm. when, when we try to step out and just mm-hmm. perform in a gift, mm-hmm. and I've done that yeah. too, oh, right? Because yeah, there's, you're put on the spot sometimes to do mm-hmm. something. And, yeah. and, and a lot of times mm-hmm. that's what the church does in, in the context of the gifts. Mm-hmm and love is not there, then it becomes a performance. Yeah. And then, it, you know, it, it, it can be damaging and harmful. Yeah. And, yeah. and the love is not the root. So you've got to yeah. quickly, by faith and by grace, turn, mm-hmm. you know, God turns you back to that love, yeah. right? right? And operating in that gift. Mm-hmm. And, and just because we stumble sometimes and step out like that doesn't mean you throw out the baby with the bathwater, so yeah. to speak, not operating the gifts or pursuing yeah. right. or earnestly desire it. Mm-hmm. Because the love is so great, yeah. you don't want to give up. Yeah. You don't want to. You don't want to give up pursuing that gift, and you mm-hmm. don't want to give up mm-hmm. others experiencing that love from the Father. You know, but I could go on for yeah hours awesome, about bro. that, and there's many other testimonies like that. And I've and mm. because of that, I've experienced, witnessed others experiencing that same love yeah. through operating in that gift. That's you know, wonderful. through word of knowledge for someone instantly, yeah. right? Them, them experiencing that love as well, and so it's awesome bro it's a it's just a beautiful way to, to see the body encouraged mm-hmm. and built up and strengthened and, and experiencing his love which well, it's, is it's what jesus modeled for us yeah <laughs> it's that simple right it's that, that's how jesus loved us right and, and, yeah, brian um, i want to affirm that man because my experience was very similar with god uh jen my wife now was we were just dating at the time prayed for my ankle to be healed years ago and it was healed instantly and until then it was sort of just a knowledge you know, of that love. And, and that experience helped me see that just a knowledge of, of his love for us 
boy, it's, it, it can be powerful, but it's incomplete. And so for me, I kind of liken it to a, to a, a, a faraway dad who, you know, you can call your, you can call your, your son every day or your daughter and tell them you love them. You can call them every day and tell them. And, and about the, the hundredth day or maybe sooner, that child is going to pick up that phone and go, you know, Hey, it, it's your dad. He wants to tell you he's loved you. Okay. Hey, yeah, dad, I know, I know. Thank you. Yeah. You know, and there's a knowledge, but, but when we're with our children, man, we want to draw near to them. Mm. We want to bless them. Yeah. We don't, we, we, I'm not satisfied that my daughter, my son just know about my love. That's not, that's not my point. And that's not God's point for us. He wants to express that to us in some way. Mm. And then that activity, man, as it mm. comes to us again, relying on the love mm. he has for us, man, that's how we go forward to love someone else. It's fantastic. Yeah, and man, I just want to point out what you just said too about the intellectual piece of this. And I think it, so often we try to understand it intellectually, right? That, and that's, that goes for all of us, right? We all, we all mm -hmm. want to understand things intellectually. We're kind of framed that way. Um, but until we experience that, you know, mm -hmm. until we have faith to step out and say, look, you know, if, I, if I'm not going to engage in a faithful way to, to see, just say, Lord, I'm just going to trust you mm. and see what happens, you know. Mm. Instead of intellectually trying to figure, if I tried to intellectually figure out what was going on in that healing room that day, yeah, yeah. man, I would have paralyzed myself sure, in a sense of faith because I would never have experienced the love of the Father that was poured out because I would just, I would, mm -hmm. I would have yeah. handcuffed myself in right. intellect, right. you know? Right. And, and so I just want to encourage people to, man, have faith, even if it's small as mustard mm -hmm. seed, to step yeah. out. Yeah, you know, because he mm. will, he will, he will completely tear down mm. every wall of intellect yeah. that we've built up and man's built up. That's good. You know? And I, I just point out in in First Corinthians thirteen, you know, the love chapter, right, in between the gifts. And I know you're going to talk about that a little bit, but you know, one of the things it says is love does not demand its own way. Mm. You know, oh, that's good. And we don't demand our own way. And and one of mm. one of the profound scriptures that I look at a lot is is in is in Luke where the, with the ten lepers. And, you know, you know the story, most of you do, but Jesus healed these 10 lepers. Nine of them walked away. Actually, all of them walked away, but one of them yeah. came back and wanted to know yeah. Jesus because he experienced the love. Yeah. The other nine didn't. They just got the healing and, mm -hmm. hey, I'm out of here. Right. And, and, man, sometimes we do that. We, we want to demand our own way of how things need to be done. Mm. And, and we're missing the Father's love. Mm. You know, when we do that, and, and this is a reciprocal thing. It's not just mm -hmm. the person who's administering the gift, right. but the ones who are receiving it as yeah, well. Yeah, it's good. And so, love is not just a one-sided deal. Right. You know. Right. When we're operating in a gift, if you're not, if you're not, you don't have love on the other side to mm -hmm. receive or, or receive that love. Yeah. Then it works that way too. Yeah. You know, the love is just going to be. Mm. It's going to appear to you as a banging gong and clanging cymbal. Yeah. You know, because I don't have love. Yeah. And so. It's good, bro. Uh, anyway. Super good. good. You got something? Yeah, we had uh, someone text in, and uh, you know they've been struggling with being prayed over and, and not being healed. Uh, so one, I wanted to hear you guys' response, but for, for me, I just wanted to point out uh, Norman Batzeldor's and Nancy's uh, testimony of yeah. even when they're sitting in the hospital and they don't know, but there's, you know, the Bible says, be anxious for nothing yeah. and everything by prayer and supplication. Uh, so just to answer that person's question, you know, mm -hmm. Right. As Nancy and Norman and Marion did, not being anxious or worried or fearful, yeah. uh, you know. But how would you guys respond to someone who was texting and saying they they feel like they've been praying yeah. and not 
not experienced that healing. Yeah, that's one of the hardest. You want to? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in on that first, just because I've experienced that in my life so many, many times. Right. Praying for things and them not being healed, praying for something and it not happening. Um, from what I would what I would say is is you continue in that the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy right. the hope and faith that God has put inside of us. And he'll use these sort of situations where we begin to analyze. We begin to, we want to give an answer for God. And we want to say either he can't or he doesn't or he's not good. And so we start to give that answer, whereas we have to resolve that we're going to be steadfast in that prayer. Many things I've prayed for have not been accomplished. But man, you know, you, you stay at it. And there will be breakthrough because God wants us to be successful in our faith. Mm -hmm. And there will be breakthrough, maybe not on everything. Like Steve said last week in the message, you know, he's made provision right. for these miraculous works. Mm -hmm. They're not guaranteed. Right. We're there, there's provision for them. And we have to also acknowledge God's ways are higher than mine. And, mm -hmm. and, but whom, whomever that is, I would, I would suggest. And there are many, every, so many have that mm -hmm. question right there. Stay with it. Stay after it. Continue to build ourselves up in the Word and in the truth of God, and there will be there will be breakthrough mm -hmm. if we don't give up. Boy, I just add to that too that um, if this gives any comfort to anyone is that we we're all we all struggle with that. I mean, I, yeah, I have I right. have unanswered prayers today. I got a lot, you know? several. I got a lot of them. You know, I'd say if you don't, then you're not praying. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But you know, I love what Steve shared in his. Um, his faith messages this week in the morning, um, faith builder message about, about Abraham, you know, I mean, that yeah. was such a profound, that's such a profound, um, mm -hmm. encouragement for us to see, mm -hmm. you know, here's somebody, Abraham, you know, who, who didn't, he didn't receive right away. It took years. Right. And mm -hmm. so it says that his faith actually grew stronger. Yeah. And, um, man, that is so, it's so encouraging for me because yeah, that's awesome. A lot of times I'm looking for the answer right away, and, then, mm -hmm. and when I get those, I don't get growth. Mm -hmm. I don't, my, my, my faith exactly doesn't grow. Right. And right. so I'm not suggesting God's withholding a, a, a healing or, or mm -hmm. anything for that reason, but it, mm -hmm. for me, I've seen it tangibly that my faith has grown mm -hmm. when I don't get an answer right away. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I do get answers right away, right. but sometimes I need, my faith needs right. to grow. In those areas, all of their faith well, needs to grow. Very rarely do we get the answer right away. Yeah. That's a miracle. That's that's just to celebrate. Wow. But when we don't, you know, God works all things together. Faith is continuing to go after something, trusting God, right? I mean, look at all the I'd give that person for me, just I know I would add uh, Luke eleven and Luke eighteen. You know, Luke 11, right, keep knocking at the door, right? The perseverance, right, to, to, uh, to go after it. And, uh, and then Luke 18, right, which is the, the widow, the persistent widow. She kept, and, and Jesus says, pray like that. So we know by those two parables that there's lots I'm going to be praying for that I'm not going to get right away. And that this is where, uh, you know, this week during the Daily Faith Builder, we talked about the different kinds of faith. We need all that. We need the community faith. We need um, a personal faith. I need to apply myself. I need waiting faith, that perseverance. I need charismatic faith. I need to, right, okay, what, Lord, what do I need to pursue here in the gifts to, to get breakthrough? But we always need waiting faith because faith is waiting, right? Um, and so, yeah, we keep at it and we're we're all in that, that boat. The greatest temptation we have in unanswered prayers is the enemy wants us to start doubting the goodness of God. 
and to move us away from standing upon the gospel and the love of God. And, and that's the greatest temptation. If the enemy can come in and have me start doubting the love of God, just like we're talking here, then what takes over? Back to our question, fear takes over every time. And once fear takes over, man, it, 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 it can lead to a whole other, uh, you know, other stuff, right? So, so what I'd like us to do, um, gang, is, is, unless there's something else, but let's just take a time as we close out here and um, uh, to pray. Let's pray for our nation, right? Uh, just to, I think, join along with Franklin's call to all the churches this morning on Pentecost Sunday. Lord, we need a break to it. Let's just pray that our nation, that he would awaken his love among his people, awaken his power among his people, and that God would have grace on this nation, right? Um, and put these, these fires out, the literal but also not literal fires, right, that are going on. And, the, and Jesus commands us to pray for our, our communities, right, our nation uh, in, in all this. And, um, and Cameron, I'd ask you, just brother, just come up and maybe you kick this prayer time off. Um, we have a few people joining us, and, and it's dangerous if you join us. You're going to become part of the, the service. <laughs> but Cameron, come just lead us into this prayer, brother. And Steve, let me, let me, just, let me yeah. just contribute one thing before we pray. Come on, Cameron. But, um, man, the, the, the fear thing, you know, as far as I think in my life, because we talked about this earlier in the week, just, um, you know, what are some things that, 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 that hold us back? Mm-hmm. And I try to think about that, and I and I, I realize that, you know, the the, the eminence of God, the the, the 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 divine presence, and the things that are physical, the things we can see and touch, we're we're pretty comfortable with. Yeah. But it's the transcendence mm-hmm. that that I think caused hesitation mm-hmm. for me many many mm-hmm. years ago, and mm-hmm. and because we don't want, you know, even just asking, seeking, and knocking, yeah. it's there's a risk associated with getting yourself still well asking a question of god and then being still yeah because that if that answer comes Mm -hmm. now now what am i going to do with it right you know am i going to take a step on that right am i going to believe that Mm. uh i could give a couple of personal testimonies just in my life um well one very recently asking a friend was in need Mm. and i was hesitant to share this but this is you know a friend a friend yeah a friend of mine was in need and and uh Anyway, and, and I asked, Lord, um, mm. what can I do? Mm. Ah, and I wasn't ready for the answer. <laughs> yeah. right. right, right. I wasn't ready for the answer. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, mm. and man, mm. when mm. we trust that transcendence, it's something more than we can just add up mm. or feel or touch. Mm. You know, we go into the transcendence and move into yeah. the transcendence yeah. of Jesus and his spirit. And the, mm. the Father, the Godhead, mm-hmm. man, w- we we expose ourselves to some pretty incredible risks there. Yeah. But that's and, love, uh, isn't it? Absolutely, man. Because absolutely. Jesus says, "No has greater love than to lay your life down for a friend." Yeah. Right. And wow, wow. if we ask God, "How do you want me to love this person?" Boy, we, we got to be ready for that answer, right? Yeah. I mean, and I've walked away a lot from that. Oh yeah, but I, I didn't walk away from this one. That's awesome. And uh, it's great. It's hard. Doesn't make it any easier sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. That's wonderful. That's good. Cameron, lead us in prayer. Let's pray for our people, our churches, our, our nation. In the, you know, in these two areas of just Lord, we need your love to grip your people again, your power, and just our nation would be great. And then, guys, dive in here. Let's let's pray, and then you'll close the service out. Lord, we thank you and praise you for today, where we can gather um, mm-hmm. under 
under the name of Jesus, that, mm -hmm. that you are the one, God, who, who paid our, our debt and mm -hmm. ransomed us from hell and, mm -hmm. and damnation. Lord, we, mm -hmm. we just uh, proclaim this gospel message over the nation, Lord, and that we are one nation under God, the United States of America. Lord, we pray against the, the moral defunct that is happening out there in our society, that people are, are running and straying from you. Lord, we pray against that. Lord, we pray that there would be a return to you, that people would be driven to their knees, that they would be driven to repentance. Lord, that they would turn back to you. Lord, we pray for our cities, God, in these, in these places where, where people are, are running wild, Lord where chaos is, is reigning, Lord. We ask that your presence would go forth and bring peace, Lord, into these, into these dark places. Mm -hmm. Lord, we pray against the confusion. Mm -hmm. Lord, we pray against the anxieties. And Lord, we pray for the churches, Lord, in, the, in these places, Lord, that the church can, can reach out with your arms and your love, Lord, to, to reach the communities, Lord, to, to, to love people supernaturally. Lord, we can't do it without you. We, we want to partner with you. Lord, we, we need your Holy Spirit to come yes. and empower our leaders, Lord, to, to, live, um, to live and love, Lord, in a way where people would look at the church and say, what would we do without, without the church? What would we do without your hands reaching? Lord, without your love going into dark places. Lord, so we pray for the leaders of the church. Give them great wisdom. Lord, empower them to do great works on this earth. Lord, we pray for our leaders. Lord, give them wisdom. Um, we pray for your presence and godly uh, principles, Lord, in the offices of all our, our senators and congresspeople all around this nation. Lord, we just pray that people would return to you yes. and, and realize we are one nation under God. Yes. Lord, we praise you for today. Thank you for all the wisdom mm -hmm. that was shared on the stage and what you're doing in our, in our body. Mm -hmm. Lord, even though we're not gathered as a full church, there's yeah. a church now in every home. Yeah. Lord, and we praise you for that. And, yeah, uh, and thank, thank you for this time in Jesus' yeah. name. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, Lord. Lord, I pray that, um, Lord, the love of this world and, um, uh, or the worldly love uh, would be in the masquerading of, of, of true love, Lord, would be revealed. Yeah. Lord, that true love, your true love would be revealed. And, and, and expose the masquerading of, of or just a worldly love. Um, Lord, may you, may you expose these things by revealing more of yourself to us and to your church and to this, um, to this generation, Lord. Awaken this generation. Lord, may you reveal it by pouring out your power, your spirit upon us. Lord, that uh, performance would be exposed by the authenticity of your power um, being poured out upon your church. Lord, go forth, uh, pour it out, Lord, in us. May, Lord, I pray that you would begin with us. Yes. Lord, as your word says, your eyes search to the earth to and fro, um, searching for those whose hearts are fully devoted to you. And I, I pray, Lord, that that um, in and of itself, just us knowing how much you love us, the fact that you're searching the earth to and fro. Looking for those who love you. Lord, we love because you first loved us. And so, Lord, I pray that this would motivate us to our knees, Lord, in reverence of an amazing God who loves us so, so generously, so graciously, Lord, so patiently. Uh, Lord, they would motivate us to, to seek you, to, to want um, your true love poured out.
mm. your, your true power pulled out, poured out, Lord, upon mm. your church. Awaken your church, Lord. Mm-hmm. And times like this, Lord, is so evident that we need you, Lord. And, uh, Lord, thank you for exposing that to us and mm-hmm. revealing that to us, that we need you, our Lord and Savior. Thank you. So, Lord, reveal that to this world. Mm. Lord, use us, Lord. May we be a light yes. in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you for just your blessing. Thank you for your truth, uh, hope, and faith coming into our hearts today. Uh, Lord, we want to honor you, and we want to bless you. We want to move towards you, God, and receive from you. Uh, Lord, build your church up. Build your church up, God. Your word says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Oh, Lord, we know that you are here and that you are coming back. Lord, pour out your blessing on your church. Uh, Lord, may we be your hands and feet. God, may we uh, continue in steadfast prayer and steadfast activities of, 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 in keeping with our faith, Lord. Taking steps of faith, trusting in you, trusting in your promises, trusting in your power within us. And God, may we bring glory to you, and God, may we bring uh, your will to the people around us, Lord. Setting captives free, healing the sick, raising the dead, delivering those who are oppressed. God, let our words Let our actions, let our thoughts, Lord, be in keeping with your spirit. And God, may you use us for your glory and your purposes. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message. To hear other messages or learn more about Crossroads Church, visit our website at ccaspen.com. 